All right, everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the AMD Podcast. My name's Aaron. I'm Dave. Pleasure to have you back with us. We've got some... Episode 10. Episode 10, yeah. A whole decade's worth of episodes. <laughs> one a year, every year. When, <laughs> I'm only... I'm practicing restraint, and I'm going to listen to one episode once a year. That's <laughs> it. going to binge and spend binge. 60 minutes with Aaron and Dave. And then I'm going to be a recluse. <laughs> I'm getting all of my news from these Nothing else for the rest of 51 weeks. Did you a week to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. You listen to 10 minutes a day. Whew, that was a long day. Sunday's a recap. On loop. Could you imagine? That'd be painful. That'd be, be for anybody. I mean, that'd be wonderful because our podcast yes. is top notch. So top notch. Just great. We always have the best topics and really well kept shows. shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the producer is just a looker, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's a reason he's on radio. <laughs> Boy, he's got a face for radio. Means he's ugly as shit. That's what that means. Yeah, it's a backhanded kind of way going about it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, great. So yeah, some okay topics for you today. We're gonna dive into them, and I think they're gonna be good if we let ourselves get comfortable in talking about them. Yeah. So if you listened last week, you'll know that neither of us are really big sports guys. So we're gonna try and talk about sports today. To the extent that we're familiar. To the extent that we're familiar, that's a fair point. So, we are both collegiate graduates. Do you remember those awful, awful sports references we threw out last week? <laughs> Do I ever. Sports ball. Sports ball. Now, to recap a little bit, you didn't do, did you do any, any sports in college, like any um, intramural or anything like that? No, I went to a couple of wrestling practices and then... Were you, you were trying to be like a walk-on, right? No. Oh, I think no. you tried to do that. No, no, no. It was just a club team. I oh. a couple of practices. And then I realized that school and a couple of chair positions, leadership positions, wanted to take up a little bit more of my time. So I didn't pursue athletics then. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. First for me, I thought you did like some type of intramural. No, I kept up with wrestling back when I went home. Maybe that's what it was. To help that team out with, you know, extra body practices. It's great way saying shape when I was three weeks of just at home. Yeah. So, but no, no nothing in college. Um, nothing formally, at least, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, the reason I ask is because we were going to lead into um, talking about athletics in the sense of like college athletes. Yep. We talked a little bit off mic about maybe talking about if um, you know, paying college athletes or not, you're under the impression, correct, if you feel that we are already paying college athletes. Let me preface with, I yeah. think the debate of talking about should we pay collegiate athletes or should we not is in itself a very interesting topic. Anytime you get a subject like that to where either side has a really well-justified stance. I think it's fun to explore the middle ground and try to see one another's perspective. My standpoint is I think we pay them pretty well with an education, um, and that education should carry them beyond their collegiate uh, athletic career. Mm -hmm. And um, for those that are super dedicated to athletics, it is a platform to move on to a professional level of athletics. So I think between the platform and the I don't want to say fallback plan, but no, I mean, that's what it is. It's a contingency plan. Yeah, their contingency plan that they're putting in place or their, I guess, life plan, not career or athletic career, but their life plan um, that they're setting up in their time at college, I think is 
super um, beneficial and in a way that is kind of compensatory in its nature. So I, I do think that we are paying them in a way. So I don't think paying them outside of that um, is necessary. Big, big air quotes. Because again, I, I try to understand the other, understand the other side's stance. Um, I don't think even a stipend would necessarily be out of the question. Because when you look at the numbers that college athletics pulls in, mm -hmm. I think it would make sense to pay, pay them um, some kind of wage. Um, but to say that they get, you know, a cut of what the college is bringing in, in my mind is, it's hard to justify, I think. Mm, I think that's a fair point too, because I think I'm on the same boat where I, or also preference, I am not, I mean, I don't know enough to really have a, a full-fledged opinion, but from what I hear and what I understand, I'm kind of in that boat where I don't necessarily know, I guess I would also need to figure out and need the to numbers understand. and statistics. Right, the numbers. Arguments. Not even, not even so much statistics, just the numbers that, you know, if we say we're going to pay, or if they, if a college, if College X says we're going to pay our athletes $300 a month for food. Okay. But theoretically, they should already be doing that. The only thing that I can, and I'm flip-flopping flip around just trying to gather my thoughts, but the only thing I can. It's the beauty of this podcast. It is. is we we flesh out too. a lot of things. Right. As we talk about them, nothing has to be super fleshed out when we talk about it because I think it's good that you feed me ideas and vice versa that then I think grow and fuse right. into what this is meant to be. No, and I think that's a fair point. Um, but I, so I guess my thought process in paying college athletes would be there are a number of college athletes. I don't, I don't have a number, but I can say with some certainty that. There can only be, or there has to be a number of college athletes that most likely are, this is them, them providing for their family at right now. For sure. So I always think of, there's probably a number of kids, and we'll call them kids because most people yeah. that go to eight, that yeah. go to college are going to be the at least 18. The vast majority are very right. young adults. So they're probably finding a way to provide for their families in this time when they're technically away yeah. from home. So that's the only thing that I can think of to your point of that we're paying them in free room and board, free education, whatever, whatever, whatever. To play devil's advocate. Yeah. And this is contrary to the opinion I just stood on. So that's again, why I say I'm playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. here. Let's say you have a college athlete, their room, their board, their education is all paid for. To your point, And my argument was, and is that ought to be enough financial compensation to your point about they may be providing for their family. Do you think I see the argument for them paying them, but I guess my question is, so how do you define the need? Right. Because then you look at certain families of low socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. Do they qualify? Um, you look at the spectrum of sports, right? Football being a big earner. Do they get a bigger cut than, say, a swim team? Right. How do you divvy that up? How do you split that? How do you spread that? I think that's another tough one to figure out. But to your point about it, are they providing for their family in a way, I think it is, from what I understand an athletic, uh, an athlete's schedule to be, it is impossible to have a athletic career in college and at the same time maintain not just a school life and a social life, but also to have um, work like an actual job, right? Because when you talk about college for a lot of people, 
they have work study, mm-hmm. they have school and a social life. Then when you jam athletics in there, it takes mm-hmm. out something in that equation. Right. More often than not, that's the job because athletics is their job. True. So I guess do you categorize it in some kind of bucket of work study. That's a fair point. Um, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it and, and for them to call it a... When they got there with that No, no. It, I, I wouldn't have thought of that without you, so I really, really appreciate that. And I think that's a, a good point to make and a good thought to kind of explore is that if you can make it something more than just, you know, a two-a-day practice or a, a, a lift and then a practice, and then now you've got, you've got to go back to your your dorm and, and um, study, you know, that's your day, right? I mean, you and I both know you get up at 5 a.m. to do a, a lift or a workout. Chances are you're going to go to school during the day. Yep. The end of the day is your skills practice. Yep. And the same thing Monday through Friday, Saturday and Saturday is probably a game day. Oh, yeah. Sunday's going to be some type of rest day in some way, shape, or form. Yep. So I think that's interesting to bring into a work study so you can say, with athletics them, asking for so much of their time. Right. Well, I was even going to say having them having it be like an industry trend. So while you're doing skills training, the coaches are coaching. You know, like I think that there's a lot to go into that to say. A lot of economics around it. A lot of economics around it and a lot of education around it too. Because okay. I know from my time, because I helped a lot with the theater program and also my fiance was a stage manager at the time. So they worked into their schedule the, about the amount of time that they would need for rehearsals and work time and everything like that. Some people qualified for work study assistance yeah. to do that. So I think that kind of blends into my point. You, excuse me, you had brought up potentially doing it as like a work study or paying or work study. And then you also kind of touched on doing it as like a need base. Mm-hmm. So you have family X who makes hundred thousand a year, dick ton of money a year, yep. sending their kid to a good top, school, top school, and then the kid gets a full ride. Yep. Okay. Same kid. Same rich family. Yeah. Same yep. kid from rich family. On the other complete opposite end, same kid, same athletic ability. He should family probably makes get twenty k a year. Right. He should probably, in my opinion, he should probably get more than just a full ride. And I think that's how things are structured now, but I think that's when some of that stipend comes into play. That's when let's look at doing your athletics as a work study. Like instead of just your two a day practices, you stay a little bit later and help manage equipment or there's, I think there's so much more to, to be played. So take them that. out of the grind and help them focus on the economics of the game. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I, I yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think that will, to me, makes me feel better about saying like... I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and truthfully, for you and I, they might already already do that. They, I have Again, no fucking clue. Full preface, we both could have done more research prior to diving <laughs> into this topic, but we're speaking on what we know. You know what? In, in pure our, our form, research was never done to do this. Uh, we're taking what we know and bringing it in. Do you want to shout out the uh, the beer you have? And beer oh, I have? shoot. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Um... Get it on my koozie here. I'm working on Original Sin Black Widow Cider. Ooh, is that the black cherry one? Blackberries and freshly pressed New York apples. Mm. It's actually really, really it good. Sounds really good. Ooh, it says the last cider, last cider you'll ever love. Because it's Black Widow. Oh, okay. I That's a little it. dark, but okay. I mean, yeah. So I am working on the mini bomb blonde ale from our very own, not our very own, 
Columbus's own Zaptig Brewery. Big fan, by the way. Fantastic Brewery, yeah. Um, Un- unapologetic shout out. Went to uh, Lucky's and they have a number of Zaptig's uh, beers yeah. over there. Yeah. Personal fan of the Heavy Hearted Amber. I don't usually like the heavier beers, but that one's so good and so rich. Oh, I love I it. I think you'd really like Amber Ales to completely deviate. Based on the Heavy Hearted, yeah. Well, just in, I think in general, I think you'd really like Amber Ales because I think they're a happy medium between some of the like darker stuff like I like and some of the lighter stuff like mm. the Pilsner stuff that you like. Yeah. Um, to give another unapologetic shout out. Um, Hopefully they listen to them. Yeah. Uh, Great Lakes. Uh, yeah, great yeah. Lakes has a great Amber Ale. Based up in Cleveland, eh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, those go down so easy for me. I had they have a large there. variety. What I like about uh, Zaptic is they have relatively small menu they do which i like a lot and they have a lot of rotating stuff too which is really they have some good seasonal stuff rotating in and out which is really nice um but they always stick by kind of what their staples are which i really like because you don't you don't get thrown too off um do you have another point about beer kind of remind me off mic and i'll i'll tell you about um zaptig and how it relates but um to get back to original point well i had one more yeah i wanted to throw in there in terms of College athletics. I think something that's really interesting is study tables. Mm-hmm. Did you bring a couple, right? I did. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is <clears throat> there's a lot of different ways to run study tables. Obviously, if you have better grades, you may not need to get as many hours. Some people might say, you know, the team has to get X amount of hours. Can you break down what a study table is for you? Because some people might have a different opinion. Fair point. Um, so oh, as I, I <laughs> as I ran them, um, part of the uh, fraternity that I was in. We had, you know, everybody got X amount of hours and the better your grade, X amount of hours I'll go into in a second, had X amount of hours that they had to get. Mm-hmm. The better your grades were, the more that number shrank. The worse your grades were, the more those numbers grew. Mm-hmm. The expectation for those study tables is that the athlete, athlete, as we're talking about, or fraternity members I was responsible for, was supposed to come to the library to sit literally at a table with um, other people in that organization. Uh, they would kind of clock in like you would for a job and the expectations that you would sit there and work on homework for two, three, five, ten hours a week, whatever it is, depending on what your grades were at. Right. The worse your grades, the more it suggested that you needed to be at study tables. It was kind of a way of taking accountability um, from the person back to the organization to say, as a member of our organization, you're not doing what you need to to get these grades and we need to make sure that you can do that. So it's kind of accountability check in a way well it definitely plays into like the team right i mean mm-hmm. that's it's it's no longer on the autonomy it's you know you're part of this bigger team you're going to do part of something else yeah it's the weakest link kind of thing yeah. yeah no i think i dig that i like that a lot that's really cool so what were you my, my point was yeah i guess when you talk about study tables i know in high school because i always got relatively good grades um when i was in high school for, you know, like the wrestling team, it was expected that you got X amount of hours for everybody, regardless mm-hmm. of grades. But for me, I had all A's. What the fuck do I care about study right, tables? you can I'm teach not, the study tables. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to sit there at study tables with a bunch of people that are failing and take time out of my day because people don't want to go to class and they don't want to get grades. That's stupid to me. Right. Um, and then I assume as you get into college, those are a bit better thought out. And like I said, kind of rationed based on how the individual does. You would hope. <laughs> you hope, but you don't know, right? So right. So the reason I bring that up is just... Um, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on, as I've described them, because that's the only way I know them, 
are you in favor of study tables? Do you think that the individual, the accountability should be put on the individual? Like, um, I heard this really good story the other day. Um, it was a speaker at an NSCA conference. I watched the, uh, the live stream or the recorded video rather. And he said that a coach came up to him and had a very kind of candid talk with him and said, look, man, you got two options. Either, I think he was a powerlifting athlete. I could be mistaken, but he said, you got two options. Either you need to start lifting some heavy shit around here and put up big numbers, or you need to go to study tables and you need to get your grades up so that the people that can lift heavy shit around here have a better team average and they're not at risk. Those mm -hmm. are your two options. If you can't do either one of those and you don't have a place here. Um, I think that story is powerful in that, you know, individual sports for me, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I do well. I'm good. I have nothing to worry about. I do good in school and I do okay in sports. And what, what's the matter? Like, I don't want to worry about study hours I don't need. Right. You know? So I just kind of want to get your thought on, do you think a clean slate across the board is good? Do you think changing them per individual is good? Or do you say, leave a fish to swim? Either he, either he can do the work and he can stay on the team or he can't and he gets cut. That's on him. I think, I mean, <clears throat> so I always, you know, start with what isn't. I think leaving an individual to flounder is probably the worst thing you can do when it comes to education and school. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think that's just is, yeah, I feel like that's a terrible it's a point slippery to make. slope and a dangerous game to For play. For sure. And, and, and it does kind of contradict what we said previously of like, you know, as college students, technically you are young adults, so you should be able to start fighting for yourself. I mean, and but you still have the safety net. Well, but, yeah. but you still have that safety net. And I feel like that's part of that safety net is to say like, I feel as it's the college's responsibility, the school's responsibility to say, we're not going to let you fall. We might let you trip and we're going to help you back up, but we're not going to let you fall and fail flat on your face. Yeah. That's my, that's my point. It's to say it all. Yeah. I do like <clears throat> basing the, the study tables or study time, whatever you want to call it off of the individual. However, if you are, if so take you, for example, you and I are, are diametrically different people when it comes to school. You yep. typically do do well. I typically I thrived at it. I don't know. <laughs> I see, but the weird thing is, I see it as athletics. I, I'll tell anybody this that'll listen. Yeah. But for me, I wasn't necessarily very physically strong. So the game of discipline mm. of just regurgitating information is so simple in my mind. Not easy, but simple. Sure. It takes no skill to do those little things very well. So if you can sit down and memorize those things and execute on a test, how hard is that? And you look so good compared to everyone which is family. Which is so interesting because I'm like fundamentally the opposite on that, whereas mm. I hate taking information just to regurgitate it. Yeah. Like, so when I got my EMT. You're one of those critical thinkers. I definitely am. Gross. Oh my God. When it came to like hands-on stuff, boy, howdy, I was so comfortable. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One, two, three breaths, one, two, three compressions. Like, it was, and those are, don't ever do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we're not filming. Right. I saw the, all the gestures there, yeah. Yeah, but, or like, yeah, whatever it was. And I was like, hell yeah. And then you sat me down to take a test, and I was like, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. Yeah. I need a full 90 minutes. Yeah. I need, very relaxed. Because that was something that was interesting, and you might have enjoyed, as part of my degree, uh, we took a biomechanics course, right? Mm -hmm. Which is how the body moves in relation to physics. Like physics yeah. is a set known of rules and laws and we exist within those laws and you need to take everything that is human motion and break it down. It's like, well, that's a tough task. Right. So you literally had these like biometric scans where, you know, like, um, like for movie effects where you put dots on people yeah. and it was a picture throwing literally just everything, leg swing, step, 
arm, just that massive external rotation in the flick, all that. And we had to joint by joint explain what was happening in that athlete. Fuck that. And I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was monotonous, but not hard. You know what I mean? He went, can I just take a test? Yeah, but what you're talking about, like, you see it. And you can say, yeah. I see what's happening here. I see what's happening there. You know, I can put them in this position. But to sit down and write it all out, like, fuck me, man. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. I remember in, to that same point, I remember in um, high school, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, sophomore or junior year. No, it would have definitely been sophomore year. Um, we had a health class in the final midterm, whatever it was, you had to write down um, the process of food digestion from mast- mastication yep. to defecation. Yep. Like it was everything. And you had to have Is every- that anatomy you said? Anatomy phys? Uh, no, it was just health. Just mm-hmm. like a health, like they did a big health class. I think we did something similar in food nutrition. I, Not quite that in did, depth, yeah. but something similar. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty standard thing, yeah. which, so by that, I enjoyed that because I could think about it. Like I could think about it ahead of time and kind this of gather my thoughts. You do so interesting together. I know you focus on the process of. Yes, it. I'm so process. Whereas I focus on piece A, piece B. You are so tight A in that C, sense. And then like you focus on how it all flows through. Yeah. I'm just like no no no, but but A well, and see, then B. You're and you're so funny because I'm like all right why and you're like got it. I say how you say why I'm like but how that's so funny. Um yeah so. To revert back to study table. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Um, I, I like the idea of basing it off of the person. However, I think that that idea limits the autonomy of a team, of a group. If it's a group of people getting together and saying, all right, you've got straight A's, you've got straight F's, you're going to need 10 hours, you're going to need four or two or whatever it is. I think it's unfair for both parties. I think it's unfair for the person who's getting all F's to take 10 hours and the person who's getting all A's to take one hour or unrealistic, unfair and unrealistic. I think you meet in the middle and say, everybody does five hours. If you're excelling at a particular topic, help out the other person or, or I know, or the person who's doing, who's got straight A's, you are now required to work with the person who's getting straight F's. Like it's because you're you're building up your weakest link. Show wife swap. No, that's not <laughs> awful. They do the same thing where they swap people that have strengths and things and weaknesses and things like these dimensions. Well, that's just concerns. looking for terrible. TV. That's just good TV. That's oh, well. <laughs> no, but I think yeah, and and to be a socialist about it, yes, I think you're a communist. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I I like the idea of taking the person who's doing the best. And bringing up the worst, yeah. right? I mean, that is a team, right? You're looking out for your weakest link to yeah. say. It gets murky in college. You learn ones on different sure. topics. In high school, it's pretty simple, right? Because you all have health. You all True. have social studies, whatever it is. Um, it does get, I think, murkier when you have those branches of different stuff. No, and I, I totally agree. And I think with college, so we're using the the idea of a, of a group or a team. Mm-hmm. You have a fraternity. Yeah. Typically be a team. I think... In that sense, it's so much easier to say you have biology this semester. This person had biology two semesters ago. Yeah. Um, you know, like help each other out. Yeah. Right. And I think in a utopian world, that's that's how it should go. Yeah. In a realistic world, yeah. we all know that that's not really how it works out. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I don't know that, it, that this was the system. This is how I, I think recall it from high school, but it was something to the effect of, like, if you have an A in this class, you have one study table hour. B is two, C is three, D is four, and F would be five. But the problem with that is if you stack up all the classes that you have on your schedule and say you have, I think, five classes, we actually had seven, but the least you could have is five. Mm -hmm. the least study hours you have is five for all A's. What do I need five hours of study tables for? That's so ridiculous. But I think, and I agree, but I also think to kind of play devil's advocate, think of it as that's five hours that you have to study on a topic to make you even better than what you are. Yes. You're, you know, you're I mean, not wrong. It's good in principle, but the problem right. is that in practice is if someone has an A in that class, they have demonstrated that they can achieve the highest level of success in that class. If you want to argue over percentage better, that's a whole different ballgame. But right. they're demonstrating excellent proficiency in that subject material. You're telling them they need to do a study table hour and they're already operating at the highest level one can. I think that's insane to me. That's insane. I definitely agree with that. I think it's... Maybe starting it at B is 1, C is 2, and moving it down. Well, I mean... And I don't, like, to your point, if you yeah. help out the team, maybe there's a certain amount of, like, good credit hours that you bank. That's a fair point. Yeah. That, that you put towards a subject that you're not doing well in. I don't know how you work that out, but I think there's something of, like, a retroactive point for someone that's doing so well. Because right. to say that they need to do more or do better is, like, based, based on what criteria do you think they need to do better if they have an A? Now, you're right. They could get back. But my point is, you need a study table to do better. Well, yeah, and I think that's a fair point. And I guess to kind of bring it around to like being as a team and doing things there, I think that's how a collegiate athlete could get back. That's how they would get that that payment time. You know, we'll pay you if you're doing ex tutor, exponential. Tutor yeah, tutor, yeah. yeah, or yeah, exactly. If you're a collegiate athlete yeah. and you're doing great in a, in a topic, yeah, absolutely. Let's break the stereotype from last week. About yeah. athletes being big and dumb, right? I always think. Was of that stereotype you're talking about? No, but I'm just we're talking about stereotype. Stereotype. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I think of a collegiate athlete, I think football. Usually. Yeah, which is another stereotype that like, there are so many collegiate sports out there that just for whatever reason we've chosen football to be the money maker. Football is the go-to that I saw because I think it's an easy sport to follow. It's an easy sport to say. It's the big biggest crowd. culturally. Yeah. Culturally. Which hurts my heart. I remember it, um, BG, I think the gymnastics team had a certain presence. There were a lot of them in, like, my coursework, mm -hmm. um, which, of course, they all sat together and repped the gear and all that. And then I think baseball is another big one. Um, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't see a lot of baseball people. I mean. I went to a real school. So. At <laughs> Last weekend, you say little T, OSU. I said, well, because it's duh, OSU. There's a big T it is. Anyway, I just don't want to read a lot of hate mail in this episode. It's mail. But like rugby, because like their fucking lover. Their field, I think, was right back, or pitch, whatever it is, was right behind our one of the dorms. Oh. Yeah. So that was like a big one. There's just, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of athlete presence at that school particularly. You're right, and we tend to default to football, though. Hockey, I learned, was real big up there because I hadn't yeah. gotten much involved in that until I went up in the north. Yeah, hockey's really big up there because, I mean, they've got a pretty solid team, if I remember right. Sure. At least yeah, when, they do. when you would have been there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I think that's another... Still got some BG boys going strong up there. Hey! Um, 
I think that's another like I mean, that can be a topic for another day of like culturally how we how we land on particular sports. Like yeah, I, I mean, mean even if you look even at Canada, you think hockey. Yeah, you look yeah at, exactly. You look at America, you think football. You look at uh, like South America, you usually think football, soccer, soccer, football, football, soccer. Sorry, shoes, <laughs> or or BJJ. Yeah, and you look at Europe again, you think football. soccer, football. Yeah, like F-U-T. it's just so interesting, huh? F U T O. F U. Um. And then you go to South Australia rugby. It's like, how do these nationalities gain their identity? Well, in and yeah, I, I think it's how do culturally, how do you, how do you gain that identification in a sport? How do geo geolocationally, how do you gain that, that identification in a sport? And I think, again, we could do a whole fucking episode on that. Yeah. Yeah, so sports, college sports. Um, I think it bleeds pretty well into... I'm going to use our jumping off point of, of our home. second plan topic. Our second air quotes plan topic. Uh, um, I want to jump off on hometown loyalties because luckily you and I are both from the same hometown, so we don't have any disputes there. What side of town did you grow up on? What's, <laughs> well, if our street is the dividing line, <laughs> the better side. <laughs> the other side of the tracks, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, we grew up in the same hometown, so that there's no disparity there, and majority of our friends did as well. So, I think you and I both find it interesting. Um, your hometown can sometimes dictate also your sports culture, your loyalties, but then also you get the outliers where they may have never visited said town or said city, state, whatever, and they still have these devout loyalties. Yeah, and I think we both. Talking off mic, find that to be pretty pretty fascinating, and there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, I think hometown loyalties are super interesting. If we talk about like loyalties to Mansfield, if it's Mansfield versus another team, obviously you and I will always root for that Mansfield team um, because it's a hometown hero. It's the it's right, our... but when you draw that out, I think it's it's interesting when you start to get into college. And pro sports, mm. where those loyalties come from. Sure, they could be tied to geographic um, regions, right? I'm from Ohio, so I love the Browns, for example. Mm. Um, or it could be from you know a lineage, right? If your parents were always you know diehard Colorado it's, fans, it's and you may have in adopted you. that. Yeah. And, you know, when people ask you, "Oh my God, why are you into this team?" So my parents have always rooted for it's what I know, and that's my team. So by that, I have a friend who is originally from New York who wore nothing but Cleveland gear when it was sports time. Like, just nothing. It was like an Indian's hat, mm-hmm. a Cavs jersey, or whatever it was, and he was like, love sports, but he's from New York. Mm-hmm. And I, we never like got into it because I didn't care enough. And mm-hmm. then somebody, in, we were doing a study group, and somebody goes, why Cleveland? Like, you're from... New York, New York, like you work in the city. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, my parents are divorced. I have a dad who I grew up in Cleveland and then I moved back to New York with my mom. Yeah, split homes are interesting. Right. And so he was like, so I spent the summers with my dad in Cleveland going to games and learning about culture there, the sports culture there. And then I would go back to live with my mom in New York. And I just found yeah. that so fascinating. And it's, it's exactly what you brought up too of like, well, that's just what, like I, I've been taught to, to love X team and yeah. hate X team. And we could go on a whole nother tangent on that yeah. about 
learned and, and oh, yeah. adopted and, and whatever, For like, like some time, yeah. learned and adopted behaviors and stuff like that. But I think that point, I think I would like to believe that that anecdote signifies kind of what you're saying is that like, I'm yeah. just taught to, to love this team. Yeah. I think it goes kind of deeper than people may know or com be comfortable to admit. But yeah. like you said, if that's just what he did with his dad, that could have a certain emotional tie which I think is super interesting because sports are not, when you look at them, like we talked about last week, inherently emotional, right? You have a set of objective and a set of rules and the team that does better that day wins. There's nothing emotional about that. Yeah. You just perform. Well, theoretically, I mean, at the surface level, there's nothing. There's emotion set into it from the athletes. Yeah. There's emotion set into it from the fans, but the game itself is very objective. Mm -hmm. You achieve the goal or you don't. You there's have a ball that's or a loser. That goes here. That goes to your buy and See. such. <laughs> To sports ball Z. <laughs> to, to the hoop. <laughs> to, to the hoop. <laughs> and it's like, you, yeah, it, it is interesting. Or if you look at, when you talk about adopted loyalties and behaviors, if you think about someone um, that moves to an area, I'll use myself as an example. I'm going to move down here to Columbus. I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm not an anywhere else fan. So why not be an OSU fan? Mm. It's a great way to fit in. You know, if you're a new person in town and you go to a bar and everyone there is an OSU fan and you're kind of the, the outsider, how much do fans love to tell you about how great their team is? Yeah, absolutely. They'll talk your ear off about it all day. This player is great. That player is fantastic. Oh, this player, this team's garbage and da da da. We're the best team. Let me tell you why. And it's like, that's a great way for you to kind of buy in to a, a team or I kind of, I don't want to say show fake loyalty. That's that's your way in to a lot of social well, scenarios. And, and even, yeah, and, and to that point, whether genuine or not. Right, exactly. And to that point, I, I always think of, like walking into like a, a very obviously te like team themed bar mm -hmm. and say, sell me on it. Why is your team the yeah. best? I would love to watch somebody do that. Like that would be so fun. People, people do it all the time. No, I know they do. And like, but yeah. not in like a dickhead way. And then like take off your jacket and reveal your mission. <laughs> like, Fuck off. But <laughs> promptly squirted out of the bar. Yeah, exactly. Promptly hit in the face. <laughs> but like, I think that's so interesting is like, and to take it a step further, having somebody go, okay, sell me on it. And they go, well, they're just the best. Yeah. Okay. Based on what? Uh-huh. Yeah. They've yeah. had a losing record. So why, yeah. you know, and that's, well, this is their year. Yeah. It's, it's just so fascinating to find the culture within yeah. the culture, right? Yeah. Or yeah, the culture within the culture and then look at the geo geolocation. Yeah. Cause I bet money you could find a, an OSU bar in Florida. Oh, no 100%. Doubt. I'm pretty sure we found no one. doubt. Yeah. But I just find that to be so interesting that your hometown doesn't necessarily signify your geolocation. What about Fairweather fans? <clears throat> I think those are interesting. I think those are really fascinating. And I would even take it a step further and say, look at Fairweather fans and their consistency in their own life. Ah, I was going to, I want to dive into that. I was going to say, yeah. I think it comes from them knowingly being a Fairweather fan. Do you think it comes from just something in them that they don't kind of register and it just happens subconsciously to say, this is my team. We're going to do it this year. Yeah. And when things go wrong, like, I was never really rooting for that team. Like, seriously, I wasn't about it. I just bought the, I just the jersey because it was on sale. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's a conscious effort. I'm sure it is for some people. I don't know if that's a like, subconscious thing happening for others. I feel I like... It's so fascinating, though. I, I, I feel it has to be something to the effect of, like, a conscious subconscious mm -hmm. where consciously they're looking at statistics right they're saying this team has shot or momentum or yeah. momentum right yeah you know you're you're looking at the numbers quote quote the data to say they're trending upward this year i'm gonna put my bucket with 
calves yep. or with um, sabers. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Whomever. Yep. Team here. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and I think that that's the conscious effort, but the subconscious effort is I want to have a win, right? Yeah. I'm trying to create a win for myself. So I'm going to look at these trends and figure out, okay, X person is doing this, X person is, you know, like this is where the team is going. So I'm yeah. going to put my efforts there. It is that they want to win, isn't it? it I is. definitely think it's a, when your team wins, yeah. you win, even though you've yeah. never tried out for the team, you've never played on the team, you've never gotten paid by the team. And that's my team. We won. They say we won. And, and it's like, even, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were. And even look at when they're, when they're doing bad, it yeah. says it's, they need to do this. Yep versus anything else oh yeah yeah it's it's we did this right yep. or they didn't do this right it's yep. yeah that is interesting to go to another point i think it's interesting when you look at to get a little bit of background into this you're a fan of ufc yep. mixed martial arts yep. as am i that's no secret <laughs> i think it's real quick did you see t city t city one last, Oof, last night? i did i saw some highlights of that i saw that spinning back at well I haven't watched any highlights, but I'm so excited. I just saw <laughs> something through the, um, through, as Aaron calls it, the stand. Yes. Instagram. We're catching them. I saw the spinning back. I was just like, bow, and just caught him. Oh, it looked gnarly, man. I would love Did to you see that? Um, there was an undercard knockout that's like up for knockout of the year. Did you see one guy did, I think it was a body kick, caught the leg. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Jumps up, clips him. Ooh, and he was out before he is a man. Of course. Oh, oh, that was a very well done. Okay, beautiful. Oh. That was so good. We digress. So, knowing <laughs> us, have to. Um, I think there is something interesting and polarizing about the personalities that you see in sports. I was going to draw specific examples from like the UFC. We have a friend, for mm -hmm. example, who is very adamantly anti McGregor. And before any of this, you know, whatever legal scenarios he may be finding himself in currently. <laughs> at, at this recording. At this at time of this recording. <laughs> I think back to when he was in his prime and he was coming up and he was catching a lot of momentum um, and kind of propelling him up. And I was a fan of his at that time. And our friend was just very, I don't care who he's fighting. I want him to lose. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I want it's him to lose. It was a personality. It just didn't clash. Didn't he just play. rubbed him wrong. Yeah. And he was like, nope, can't stand this guy. I want him to lose. But it wasn't based on anything to do with fighting style, anything to do with statistics. It was just, nope, don't like him. Yep. I don't like him. I want him to lose. Uh, you have you have fight. I, you have everything like that. I have the same way too. I, yeah. There there are fighters I don't like. There's teams. But I, I think it's like. just so interesting that yeah. especially when there is not necessarily a dog in the fight. Mm -hmm. It's just two people that we don't know. You see, go into a fight and you just have a certain feeling in your gut, a certain know-how one way or the other about I like this person, I mm -hmm. don't like this person. I can't tell you what it is, but I like this person, or I'm I'm not a fan. I hate him. Did you have something? I was going to say that's so interesting because I just got done reading Simon Sinek and yeah. he talks about the limbic brain a ton. Yeah. And that's what that, that gut feeling is. Yeah. It's obviously not in your stomach. It's in your brain. Mm -hmm. But your autonomic response says, mm, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting how much we go off of our limbic brain in that in that sense of sports. And taking away business, taking away leadership, taking yeah. away whatever. Just the fundamental sports. Yeah. Just, there's so many things that go, mm, I don't like that. It's weird. There, this is going to be a little bit off topic, but I yeah. mean, that's the whole point of the podcasting. We never stayed on topic. <laughs> These personalities that are so polarizing, I think are so fun and so fascinating. To use an example, mm -hmm. I don't know how closely you follow Marshawn Lynch. I, I know the name. He's with the Raiders now. He is one of those football players. <laughs> <laughs> Foosball. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, 
You don't know a lot about his stats, his position, how he plays the game, nothing about that. But what I refer, what I know or what I've seen is when you look at him in uh, like press conferences, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's not one for theatrics. He's not one for being over the top. He's not one for trash talking. And I don't think he's he's done by any any stretch of the word. I'm sure he's very intelligent in terms of how he markets and positions himself. But he's not he's not one for the spotlight unless he wants it and he has something he's gonna do. Like he, he knows what he's there to do. And so I just think of a really good clip I saw a while back and they were like interviewing and his go to phrase just I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's it. And they go to another question. Balls is hot, Lewis. <laughs> balls was hot. <laughs> and they skip to another question. They ask him and um you know, the reporter has to kind of move past that one as little friction as possible not getting fined uh, got it okay and next, question. and next question they try to cue it up okay but if you i'm just here so i don't get fine <sighs> okay next question and then he he keeps going down that road and it's not to rub anyone the wrong way yeah. it's not because he wants to ruffle feathers it's just he plays the game he yeah. knows the game and he, he plays the game really well you don't fucking care about the show it's the game you've seen um i just that, love personalities like that I, I agree and i was gonna follow up with that there's a video somewhere and if i can find it i'll leave it in the show notes but it's just a really incredible video of i think it's serena or vanessa williams um kind of telling off a reporter because he's like you seem yeah. really tired and she was like i just played five hours of tennis like are you gonna be tired after that like she was like you're answering you're asking me all these questions that yeah. are like completely unrelated to tennis right now and i'm yeah. supposed to answer them so i don't get fined like this is a smooth segue off. into that into the another topic i want to pick your brain on is the composure of high level athletes in the heat of the game right so when you look at like you're talking about right sure. someone asks you a question and it's like you seem tired did you see what I the fuck I am? Did? did you see like you do that? You do yeah. that, and you tell me how you feel. Or like all these cameras pressed on Marshawn yeah. Lynch, and it's like we want you to answer all these questions, be mentally present, and give us give us all your energy. And he's like, and in his head and again, no idea what he's thinking. I assume this is his his dialogue in his head. Is I don't know you guys. I played. I left it all on the field. Yeah. I don't owe you anything. Like <laughs> I get paid to do that, not this. Yeah, this is not this is not I'm I'm, I'm here to play. So yeah. that brings into that would bring my question into it, and I think it kind of plays into your question. Okay. How do you feel about athletes and uh sports figures, coaches, ATDs, whatever, um being uh public figures? Because I think that's a huge component, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at too. Yeah. Is that athletes? Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think athletes are expected to also be public figures. Yeah. And because they are so revered and looked after. How do I feel about them being public figures? Is the question. Yeah. I, I think it plays into your. Well, my question was there yeah. was a scenario a while back, and I'm, I'm going to get details of this wrong. We can fact check this before we post up show notes. Um, but it was either Venus or Serena Williams was arguing with a, a referee, a line judge, mm. at a game. And. Um, I don't remember what the call was, but she was visibly upset and you could see it on her. And she and a lot of other athletes at that level are very well known for being composed, especially in like tennis or golf. It's a very silent game. You know what I mean? As opposed to football where, you know, the, the crowd is cheering. This is well, a game it's of expected composure. for the crowd to be involved with it as well. Yeah, in a, in but a not, big not at tennis or golf. Right. The, the expectation is composure and silence. And from the athletes, it's for lack of a better term, compliance, right? You respect what the ref says. That's their position. Yeah. They have that authority. It is the end-all, be-all, you know? So it was just interesting to see, like, her lose her composure. And, I again, I wish I could 
better speak on the scenario because it's so fascinating. She wasn't in the wrong, as I recall from at that time when I saw the clip, she wasn't in the wrong by any stretch, and she clearly articulated the ref. I disagree with your call. That's a bad call. You shouldn't have made the call. Mm. And you know, she's playing this opponent who's much, much younger because she's been in the game for so long. Um, yeah. And then she's playing as this up and coming, you know, person who's making a very good reputation and doing, you know, so good at playing this game well and not underhand in any way. She's playing a good game. And that puts this other person in such an awkward spot because she's like, I I'm sorry. Like, it's not her fault that she's there, you know? And, but I say all that to say composure is so interesting because it is, like you said, it's not, it's not pulled back from emotions. Yeah. That is involved in the game, even though the game is objective, either it was online or it was past the line, you know? Um, and it's just, so interesting to see an athlete that's at a high level have that moment where they're human. Yes. Where they are human. I think that's what we're getting at. I think that's kind of my point too is, yeah. is there's such a weird dynamic shift of when you become an athlete or a celebrity yeah. that you lose that human aspect of yourself. Yeah. And that's what makes me so irritated with like these like paparazzi. Or like, you set or yeah. Okay. We'll, Continue on there. Well, just like, it makes you irritated how they're being portrayed as more than human, even though you and I both know that they are human. Yes, and the fact that people are forgetting that they're human. Yeah. And so, like, when you see articles or something, it's like, XYZ person did this thing. It's like, well, if I did that, nobody gives a fuck. But it's the fact that, yeah. Joe, you know, like, whoever, whoever walked across yeah. the street with their slides on, yeah. and they're supposed to be seen as some fashion icon, when yeah. in reality, they just had a kid and they probably haven't slept in two days. Yeah. Like... I, I just <laughs> so how I feel. I think you were getting onto a really good trend there, a really good track about athletes and coaches being public figures. Do I think that's a good thing? I think it can be, and I think it oftentimes is. I think with any figure, it's important that you weigh that against what you want to embody. And you and I have talked about this on previous podcasts that it is imperative. I think just last week, it is imperative for you to have a conversation with yourself and define what you're comfortable with, what your values are, what you want to represent, what you want to put out in the universe. And when you have those things figured out and you see a celebrity that embodies those, mm. it is important to, yes, look up to that figure in a way, but not to put them on a pedestal so that when they make a mistake, you don't think that everything you base your beliefs right. off of is now the rug is pulled out from under that. Um, so I say, I, I think it's a great, I think it comes with tremendous responsibility, and I don't think that an athlete needs to hold that responsibility. Meaning, okay, if you're really, really good at a sport, you can be good at your sport, and you can play the game how you want and live your values and how you play that game. And if someone wants to put you on that pedestal, they're choosing to put you on that pedestal. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfair to celebrities to say, well, you're in the public image now. You you have to uphold right. these standards because you're in the public eye. Who are you to tell a pro athlete making millions what they need to do? If they want to get crazy and lose all that they've worked for, that's on them. They can do that. Mm -hmm. The people looking up to them need to know and realize that they are not, you know, for lack of a better term, like a, a god, like a Greek god, like an idol. They are people that do inherently make mistakes, that do have flaws, that do lose their temper. So I think when you put someone on a pedestal, I think it's I think it can be great. But I think you yeah. really need to vet who that person is. And I think you need to, I learned this a long time ago, you need to really be okay when they slip up because that doesn't mean you did. Mm, that's an interesting point. Because you can look up to somebody and be like, they're perfect, they do everything right. And the minute they do something wrong, you're just like, 
Well, I got, I got, I got nothing to like keep on the straight and narrow for. Yeah. I can just they cut loose, I'll cut loose. And it's like, no, 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 no. They're human. You're human. Mm-hmm. You keep, you keep doing what you know you need to do. You keep doing what you respect and what you know is right. Not just because they go off track. Say, well, now I can go off track. I think that's so dangerous. So I think they should be in the spotlight. But I think it comes at a cost both to celebrity and mm-hmm. to the individual putting them up that both people need to kind of be aware of. They don't need to change, but they need to be aware of that. Well, and I think that's a great point. And I kind of want to back a little bit because you said, you know, who is it? Who are you to say if, if a celebrity wants to make millions and then lose it all? If you're paying them and you're a sponsor, that's different. That's 100% different. But I guess my point was if you're an athlete and you decide to lose it all, I think it's the responsibility of the team to try to get you back on track. Like we talked about previously, you're a team. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So strengthen your weakest link. If your weakest link has a problem with gambling. Yes and no. I agree with you and I don't. Wait, but, well, I think what, I, I think I know what you're going to say is that the fact that they're an adult and they can do whatever they want. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. I do think it's the team's responsibility to extend an olive branch. But I do think it is the team's responsibility to protect themselves if that person doesn't want to take the olive branch. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you're, let's say you have an NFL team and one guy decides to act out on some kind of bad behavior, whatever you want to pick. It's incumbent upon you as a team to say he is part of our team. He has made some poor choices. We don't stand by the choices that he's made, but we stand by him. Mm-hmm. And we will do what we can to help him uphold the values that this team stands for. Sure. And if he says, no, I want to live the, the crazy fast life, man. I'm not worried about it. Like, fuck off. I'm out of yeah. here. He does what he wants to do. Then at some point you have to say he didn't align with our values and we need to move on without him. And we thank him for the time that he put in with the team, but we cannot continue to support him if he chooses to act in that way out of alignment with what we believe. Right. So yeah, you should extend an olive branch. But I don't think it's their responsibility to pull them out of that. People are people. That's, and I think that's a fair point to make that, yeah, like you said, people are people. And if they choose to do that, that's on them. But you're right, as a, as a team, you do need to extend that olive branch. You yeah. are a unit, you know? You're all right about that. Yeah, and I, I think that's always kind of been my point, too, with a lot, like anything going on, it's if you're truly a team, if you are a team, act as a team, work as a team, be a team. Mm-hmm. And, In the truest sense of the word. Yeah, and I think and I think that also always comes down to, like we've talked about previously, too, that's that's your ebbs and your flows, right? That's your your peaks and your valleys, your your ups and your downs. You're always, you're going to be a team through thick and thin, which brings us back to our original point of being a, the hometown loyalty, right? Yep. And you talked about your Fairweather fans. Well, most people, I would argue, hometown loyalties mean through thick and thin, better or for worse, I'm going to be that, that team. Devil's advocate, though. Yeah. Using the example, LeBron James and the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so pro-Cavs, and when LeBron was with the Cavs, it was, we love it. King yeah. James, he's our guy. You know, he's, sure. he's here to, you know, pull us up and, and really make us more than, than what we could be without him, and mm-hmm. he's, he's uniting the team and all this great stuff. Goes to Miami, burning jerseys. <laughs> Comes back, oh, we never hated him. We're so glad to have him back. Where's he now? Lakers. Miami. Oh, yeah, you're right. Go, goes to Lakers. Burn jerseys again. He's dead to us. He's uh, he is nobody. He's awful. And it's like I'm on board with hometown loyalty. Mm-hmm. Hometown loyalty shouldn't mean wishing other people ill. For sure. Because a lot of people, I think, using this scenario as an example, yeah. spoke ill 
towards him or on him and his life when in his shoes, if all of them, any of them were in his shoes, who's to say they would have done it different? That's his sure. set of circumstances. Hometown loyalty shouldn't be F him, he screwed us over. It should be this team will be okay. It needs to pull together. It still can be something. I support that team. He chose to be out of it. Go on, you know? Right. I, there shouldn't yeah. be a negativity that is associated with hometown loyalty, which is what initially kind of got us on this top, topic of the toxicity of the tribalism of sports, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good a good way to wrap it back around, too, is that it's the, the toxicity that is that can be hometown loyalties. Because you're correct in saying, by definition, a hometown loyalty should be, you know what, X player went over here to do what he needs to do. That's yeah. fine. We're still our team. Yep. And But then I think that also goes back to building a team around an individual, right? A team around an individual is no longer a team. It's the individual it's a cast. and a team. You know, it's yeah. like there's those two arguably diametrically opposed ideas of saying, yes, we have this individual. We're going to build our team around this individual who shoots well, throws well, runs well, whatever. Yeah. Then when that person leaves, because inevitably they are going to leave, they're either going to retire, go to a different team, or just leave altogether. Yeah, leave the game. Leave the game altogether. Well, that one out. You know, I think yeah. that. I, and so the point that I'm making is to build on your point of the toxicity of a hometown loyalty is very interesting. Yeah, and it's very introspective of the fans to say, "Why am I loyal to this team? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's geolocation?" Is it because they are track record a great team? Yeah. Is it because family ties? Yeah, I think fam- yeah, f- familial ties, um, educational ties. What's the, um, traditional, tra- just tradition in general, and I think it can be a, a very telling looking class for sure. Yeah. I think that's a, a really really good um, idea. Yeah, I think it's a good spot to end it too. Did you wanna? Trying to cover the outro? Yeah, we can cover the outro. I just think we're, we're like leaving on like a really, we're finally leaving on like a, an actual ending point. Like a very good like period at the end of a sentence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can cover an intro. Um, I think we'll do accountability next week. Yeah, we'll pick it up next week. Pick it up next week. Um, do you have any housekeeping, anything? I don't think there's anything new. I mean, you got the Instagram. I do have the stand. Um, we should be having our first gym. holiday episode coming out. It'll should. probably be after this one, based off of a calendar. We're going to double-check our timelines on well, that yeah. before we get back to you, but yeah. stay tuned on our, our social media channel. Hopefully by now we shouldn't have a holiday episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't, oops. Um, <clears throat> we'll be sure to get Christmas. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, is there Thanksgiving. Yeah. There's well, you have a lot around that time, so. What? My mother's birthday, bro. <laughs> Nothing that I'm doing. You fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a planner for Christmas. A planner? Oh, planter? Like, nope. For planet. Put all these. No, nope, I'll put all these important days on for you. Oh, I would appreciate that a lot. Um, cool. Yeah, I think we'll have that out. And um, I don't think of anything else. All right. Before this gets too dry, I will say thank you for inviting us into your cars, garages, living rooms, wherever you may be listening to your this. Your ears. Your ear holes. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you taking the hour. I think it's coming out to a clean hour with us and hearing about some of these topics that hopefully make you take an inside look at what you support, why, how, and all of that. Um, and if we're completely off, 
Please tell us. Mark, let us know. Please tell us. If, are we we want to have a conversation. That's what this whole thing is all about. It sounds like we agree a ton, but I think we also disagree a ton. So we want to have a conversation. So send us an email. Reach us at uh, andpod at gmail.com. Should be in the show notes. On the stand. Um, you can reach both of us if you can find us. But yeah, let us know if we're, if we're completely off topic. Till next time, eh? Till next time. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. See you. Bye.